the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Back in the saddle on a Tuesday at 6.05 after two national holidays. We were here live and local Friday night. We brought it right till the end. And uh, Saturday was prep day for uh, Father's Day. And then very, very blessed on Father's Day this past Sunday to have my dad, who will be 84, uh, next Tuesday, the 28th of June. Uh, and he's he's with it, as with it as anyone can possibly be at any age. And uh, I, that was one side of the bookends. And I had my daughter, who just turned seven months old, on the other side of the bookends. And everyone in between, and my in-laws and my wife. And I don't know, there must have been 40 or 50 people coming and going uh, all day on Sunday. I, I was so happy. Uh, I was working a lot, <laughs> a lot too, Dad. That grill, we went through a whole tank of propane, which doesn't sound like a lot, but a whole tank of propane means it's going from like one in the afternoon till I, at 10 o'clock at night. I was still throwing steaks on the grill because it was like a revolving door of people. Uh, and that's where, where, you know, you got to really pause and stop and thank the Lord or whoever you want to thank. You could thank the plants, Mother Nature. I don't care who you thank, but thank someone or something because we live in just such a, an amazing place. Uh, yes, the United States of America. Yes, the state of New York. But, you know, I, I am very prejudiced and racist or whatever. You want, not racist, but prejudiced for New York, uh, New York City, Brooklyn, Queens, Long Island. That's a I'm a second department boy. The second department is the part of the law that covers Brooklyn, Queens and Long Island. Uh, and 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 Mother Nature did cooperate because the weather was fantastic. Uh, and especially then, then Monday was Juneteenth, first time that it became a national holiday. Everyone should be very excited, number one, for commemorating a, uh, a blemish on the Ameri- on American history being wiped away. Uh, you know, there's been slavery all around the world forever, and there, and there probably there, there still is. But the fact that uh, at a period of time, and, and Americans rose up and said, you know what, we're, we're not going this route anymore. And it started all the way... From the beginning of, of America, you know, Alexander Hamilton has plenty of writings being against uh, slavery. So, um, yes, it's a great for me. It's a it's it's a wonderful holiday to uh, commemorate a very special part of American history. But man, oh, man, the day after Father's Day to have a holiday. And if next year I already looked at the calendar, it's the same next year. I mean, wow, I am excited um, because I, I do enjoy Father's Day. Not necessarily my role as a father, but more of celebrating the fathers because 
if I want to get really philosophical and deep here, if you look at slavery and you look at the African-American community and you look at the disparity when you go into 100 Center Street or 120 Skirmahorn Street or 125-01 Queens Boulevard in Queens, those are all the criminal courthouses. If you if you notice the disparity of color of people, uh, President Obama has laid that blame squarely on the feet of the fathers or the lack thereof um, in that community. So I kind of look at it like here's Juneteenth Day we're celebrating side by side next to Father's Day. And, um, I, you know, I just think it is kind of interesting how it just it all played out that day because. Yes, in my opinion, motherhood is probably the most important job on the planet Earth. But if you look at it now from a a, a real philosophical and theoretical point of view, fatherhood is probably the second most important job uh, on the planet. So congratulations to all the fathers or all the kids who have fathers or all the fathers who are priests who are fathers um, who have done a great job serving as we watch Father Anthony Sorgi do his uh, 12 o'clock mass, my cousin, and once again, he gave an unbelievable homily. But let's get back to how prejudiced I am for New York City and how much I love the city. Um, but I'm going to have the president of the DEA, the Detective Endowment Association, not the Drug Enforcement Administration, on the show uh, live. He's right here. He's sitting right across from me. Um, but before we do that, I want to talk about some good stuff that's happening in New York. Um, right a couple of blocks from the office at Grand Central Terminal. Um, and we are going to put Fred Cerullo, Frederick Cerullo, who has a storied, accomplished career here in New York City uh, as a public servant. Uh, and he's also maybe the one of the best looking public servants in the city of New York. Uh, Frederick Cerullo, are you on the line with Arthur Idala? Arthur, how are you? Is your real name Alfred? My real name is Alfred. Okay, thank you, Alfred. I, I mean... We always call you Freddie, so I don't know what the heck it was. Right, right, right. Did Paul correct you, by the way? No, I, no, Paul, Paul didn't correct me. Joan, my executive producer, correct. It's so funny. I know you're 30 years. I, I mean, I, no one's, I've never heard anyone call you anything but Fred or Freddie. So I may the – that's why you can't assume, Freddie. That's why you can't assume. You, you, cannot, you cannot assume, and, you know, uh, everything's in a name. Mine that you're talking about. Father's Day, and of course, I'm the third, so I'm named after my father and my grandfather. Um, so yeah, it's a long history of Alfred's in the family, and uh, and as you indicated, a long history of public service, which I love in the opening of your show. You know, you're making the case for the city you love, and that's really what I think we're all doing, and that's certainly what I do day to day. I make the case for the city I love, for a neighborhood that is very special. And tonight's been a really fun day for us in sort of the spirit of New York City being back. Um, well, Fred, first of all, tell people, what your tell, tell people what your title is. I mean, most of the people of the 8 million people in the city know who you are, but there may be two or three who don't. So tell them what, what, your, what your job is right now and what you do, and then tell us sure. what happened today. Sure. So I'm, I, I am the president of the Grand Central Partnership, which is the business improvement district in Midtown East. That uh, really the geography that surrounds Grand Central Terminal right in the center, as you uh, referenced uh, a minute ago. And uh, we spend our day really helping to build community in a neighborhood, support our 
building owners, our, our retailers, our commercial tenants, the visitors to our neighborhood, those who live in and around the neighborhood. And we really try to create a the, the, really a neighborhood base. Of course, we've all been through really a challenging few years, but, you know, we are seeing some um, amazing return in recovery here. Um, the people in the street, the numbers are really strong and getting stronger. You know, we have more businesses reopening, um, activations of public space. One thing, Arthur, you know, we've learned in this COVID era is that people want to enjoy and have opportunity to spend more time outside, yes. um, whether it's socially or even to work. And so we have spent a great deal of time not hoping, uh, not only creating sort of new public spaces, uh, Pershing Square West opened just before uh, COVID, and we have construction of Pershing East, the shared street on 43rd. We're looking at doing some things on, on Vanderbilt. And tonight, because this is the summer solstice and the longest day of the year, um, we, have, uh, we are producing our fifth annual Summer Solstice Music Festival, which is ongoing as we, as we speak from 39th Street to 54th Street, we have 12 buildings in the district along the Park Avenue spine, south of Grand Central and north, with bands that are playing all different types of music, rhythm and blues, jazz, Beatles, country, 60s, 70s, 80s, um, just to activate the city, help support the vibe that we, we are all sort of, we all share that DNA as New Yorkers, the vibe of New York. And um, just to give something for people to enjoy and do and then hopefully stay a little longer, go have a drink, go have a bite to eat before they head home. And, you know, you know the neighborhood better than anyone. You know, our restaurants, you can't get a reservation in our restaurants. The bars and happy hours are, are really crowded. Freddie, so I, know it's not I know it's not technically under your umbrella, but how is the actual terminal uh, itself doing with occupancy? Look, the terminal, look, you know, we've had some of the highest days of, of transit ridership in, in, you know, since before COVID. Um, the, the tenancy in the terminal is actually I, just maybe four weeks ago, five weeks ago, there was a great story about how there are seven new businesses coming into Grand Central uh, from city wineries taking over Vanderbilt Hall. Uh, there's a new Argentinian steakhouse. Cipriani is opening in the old Michael Jordan steakhouse space. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's, that way, that's breaking news. That's, that's breaking news for me because no, that's where I enter Grand Central. Well, tell me what happens. That, when you walk in to the right is Cipriani's, what's to the left? Well, The old Michael Jordan's. Vanderbilt Avenue, and you, you look to the left, that's where Michael Jordan's was. There's a new steakhouse that'll be coming in there. Um, and uh, Cipriani, of course, is still there. And um, and in Vanderbilt Hall, which is off 42nd Street or the main concourse, which is sort of the venue space, the big, long runs east and west, um, half of that has been sort of a food hall, and the other right. half is for events. Um, the food hall that was in there closed uh, just, you know, just pre and during covid and there's the new concept that's coming in that was just reported on was uh, City Winery, which is really exciting. Freddie, sounds good to me. And for the terminal. I'm going to let you go back to the music. 
you heard from Alfred Cerullo. Uh, he's running the Grand Central Partnership. And uh, if you're anywhere near Park Avenue, you should go over there and, and listen to some music. Freddie, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. Have a great night. All right. Be well, my friend. Uh, so now, now that I know the real name of... Uh, of a friend of 30 years. Thank you, Joan. Uh, let, let's talk about a couple other friends of mine. The guys and gals at Connors and Sullivan, because they're going to give you the opportunity to learn about estate planning for absolutely free in a public forum in uh, very different locations on different dates that hopefully could accommodate your schedule and you could figure out whether you need a trust uh, that you should definitely have a will, a power of attorney, a healthcare proxy, a living will. And it's going to be Mike Connors himself on Monday, June 27th at Buckley's in Marine Park at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. On Tuesday, June 28th at Conley's Corner in Masspeth at 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. On Wednesday, June the 29th at the Greenhouse Cafe in the Great Bay Ridge, Brooklyn at 11 a.m., 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. And Thursday, June 30th, at the Adria Hotel in Bayside at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. And Mike Connor is going to be there telling you all about estate planning. If you can't make any of these free seminars, just call Connors and Sullivan at 718-238-6500, and you'll get your very own free appointment. That's 718-238-6500. Don't hesitate. Make a date with Mike Connors, because as he always says, the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile are charging you a premium fee every month for data you don't use. Stop paying for things you do not use. Instead of paying $89 a month to your current provider, pay just $20 to Peer Talk for what you actually need. I made the switch, and I'll be honest, I was nervous at first, thinking, is this coverage really going to be a good coverage? Am I going to drop calls, slow internet? I could tell you firsthand the 5G service is that good. Switching to Peer Talk was that easy. So listen, if you've been sitting on the fence because, I don't know, maybe you like getting ripped off by greedy wireless companies, it is time to take a leap and start saving money every month. Just dial pound 250 and say Brandon Tatum and you will save an additional 50% off your first month. With Pure Talk, no risk money back guarantee, you will not regret this. Dial pound 250 and say Brandon Tatum. Sign up and save an additional 50% off your first month. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. Beat on the brat, beat on the brat, beat on the brat with a baseball bat, oh yeah. Well, it's supposed to be the brightest night of the year, or not the brightest, but the sun stays out the latest. Starts going back by like a minute starting tomorrow. 
But it, the weather didn't really cooperate. It's like it's not raining here in Midtown, but it's like it's not nice. It's not like sunny. Um, and Fred Cerullo was nice enough to join, join, jump on with us. He's done so many great things for the city, including putting all of these bands on uh, Park Avenue today. But he's really um, he interacts with uh, with City Hall, no matter who the the mayor is. He's been doing this for a long time. He was a city councilman at large at large for a while when they had that position. Um, and, you know, he, he has a direct effect on my life because I'm technically in the Grand Central District here. Uh, I think actually right across the street is the Grand Central District. So I'm, I'm, I'm literally across the street on Fifth Avenue is the Grand Central District. And I'm on the other side of Fifth Avenue. But it does affect the, the stores and the restaurants and everything that I go to. And, yes, uh, it was a ghost town a year ago. Um Walking through Grand Central, I mean a ghost town. You could go in there Friday at four o'clock, and it'd be like a hundred people, as opposed to a couple of thousand. Um, so, thank you, Fred Cerullo, another friend who's here, who made the trek uh, from downtown to Midtown. Uh, someone who I know for a very long time, although he looks younger than I do, and he's got a lot more hair than I do. Uh, he's been a guest on the show before, but here now he's live and in person. Uh, to talk about everything with to, to having to do with crime, the uh, Detective Endowment Association President, uh, Paul DiGiacomo. Hello, Paul. How are you? Good evening, Arthur. How are you? Good. I um I want to, uh, first of all, just start off. You know, people know you. People see you as the face of the DEA. But let's talk about your career a little bit. Where, where did you start out? Well, I started out in the uh, New York City Housing Police in 1983 in PSA 1 and PSA 3. Uh, and then and that's to, Brooklyn. That's in Brooklyn, Brooklyn South and Brooklyn North. I uh, then went into the. So Seven that's North. where you have to go up and down and do vertical uh, patrols well, and the housing. Vert- the vertical patrols and a lot of other, uh, you know, uh, crimes were investigated. Learned the job very quickly in the housing police. And what years were you in there? 1983 to 85. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was, it wasn't the most pleasant uh, area to be in, correct? You, you, you learn fast. You learn, you, fast, you learn yeah. fast. Now, when, I'm, I'm curious. You get an assignment like that. Are you doing that with a, a more senior person? Or do they send two rookies out together? Well, or when you first come on, you have a training officer. And then uh, after that, you're on your own in foot posts, uh, on a foot post in the middle of uh, Myrtle Avenue or on Surf Avenue. And you learn, you learn to do the job very quickly. I, I, you said that many times. Give us an example. So people who are listening, what does that mean? You learn, you learn what to do and what not to do. Well, you, you learn, uh, you know, our first uh, couple hours on the street, we, had, we got a call to uh, West 36th Street and Surf Avenue, uh, and we made an arrest of an individual with, uh, with six firearms. So that's, uh, like a, that's like the Brighton Beach area? No, it was Coney Island. It, it is West 36th, yeah. that far north? Yeah, is, oh. correct. Yeah, so uh, you, you learn fast. You learn how to make the arrest, how to enhance the arrest, and how to uh, do the paperwork and the vouchering. And uh, it was a very, uh, it was a, a nice experience. I so I, my, my assistant here, Alexa, she was just talking about this weekend, and she went to Coney Island mm-hmm. and how wonderful it was. And she went on all the rides, and, and she's a young, attractive woman. That wasn't happening in 1983 and 84, correct? No, it was pretty much plagued with firearms and crack, and uh, there were a lot of robberies and felonies being committed throughout that area. Uh, And the New York City Police Department cleaned it up. New York City detectives, police officers uh, throughout the years uh, made it what it is today so people could go there and It's It's incredible today. It was just voted by, I don't know, one of the Vogue or Town & Country. Coney Island was voted one of the top ten beach resorts in the United States of America. Because they not only did we clean up the crime part, but we cleaned up the beach and the water as well. 
Well, you make, uh, you know, it's a beautiful area, and there's a lot of history there. Uh, it goes back many, many years. My grandmother and grandfather used to go there as children, and uh, it's something you don't forget. My father was a police officer in Coney Island as well. Oh, uh, you yeah. buried the lead there. Yes, so it was that... very, very uh it was uh, rewarding to be there. Probably there. right around the time you were there, 83, 84. My, I remember my dad took my sister and I, and we literally drove to Coney Island, and, like, he didn't even park. It was, it was, in, it was in the evening, and, you know, I was, whatever, 13, 12. Mm-hmm. My sister was 9, and he looked, and he was like, we're not doing it. And we just pulled away. That's how, how bad things were back then. So well, it was, it was drug-infested. There were prostitutes all over and uh, a lot of crimes being committed. And, um, again, the New York City Police Department did what they needed to do and, and made it what it is today. And where did you go after PSA 1 and 3? Uh, then I went into the 7 Precinct. Uh, what neighborhood is that? That would be uh, Floppish Avenue, uh, Newkirk Avenue. The precinct itself is on Lawrence Avenue. And from there I went into Borough Crime, then into Narcotics, then into a couple of federal task forces. Um, so I was very uh, honored to be in the How many years you got on the job? I started my 40th in July. Oh, you in the big shot over here. Yeah, right? that's right. Frank took me. Frank Cone, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, uh, and then how long have you been with the union? Oh, well, I've been in union in the union business for uh, since 1989 as a PBA delegate. And uh, when I became a detective, I was a delegate in the uh, in the DEA. Uh, became a sergeant in arms, uh, the treasurer, uh, the vice president, now the president. And it's an honor to uh, represent the greatest detectives in the world. Well, I, and I don't think anyone's going to argue uh, that, that it's an honor and that they're the greatest detectives in the world. Um, so you wrote a, uh, a letter to District Attorney Eric Gonzalez, um, who I know well, uh, regarding uh, a decision by Judge Vincent Del Judas, who I know well, about a case regarding Detective Louis Garcella, who I know well, uh, where D- Judge Del Judas uh, dismissed uh, uh, dismissed a case uh, against a defendant that was, thir- I believe, 32 years ago. Why don't you, I mean, it, it's not common for the DEA to write to a DA asking the DA to appeal the decision of a lower court judge. So first, give the, the listeners a little bit of background about this case itself, and then tell us, you know, why this particular case did you guys target to really put pressure on D.A. Gonzalez? Well, this individual was, uh, was found guilty um, of two homicides, I believe. This is Samuel Edmondson? I believe so, yes. Uh, and he was found guilty of two homicides. And uh, I just find it suspect that uh, this was overturned. Um, uh, at a time when this particular judge uh, is up for reappointment. And, uh, you know, there's clear and concise evidence that found uh, this individual guilty of these homicides, and uh, I just think it's unfair, and I, I don't think it's uh, in the best interest of the people of the city. Well, in your letter, you know, what you, let's face it, and even though even though I, I like him personally, uh, Detective Louis Garcella has taken a lot of heat in the media, in the courthouse, he's at, he was, I was telling this to Paul before he came on, when I was in the DA's office, 93, 94, 95, 96, 97, Luis Garcella was a storied detective. I mean, he walked, when he walked in the hall, I'm not exaggerating, it was like, it was like a celebrity, I guess is the best way to put it. Like, well, I was 26, 27, right? And here's a guy, he's a veteran, and, and he's bringing down homicide after homicide, 
Uh, and I wasn't in the Homicide Bureau. So, like, when he was on our floor, it was almost like he was slumming it. You know, he was coming because there were homicides in the blue zone and in the, the regular trial zones. But the big ones, well, the ones that were easy to prove went to homicide. The ones that weren't that, all right, Frank, am I right or wrong? The ones that the evidence was a little shaky, they're like, yeah, we'll keep it down in the zone. We'll keep it down in the zone. Uh, but when Louie would come through, it was like, oh, wow, Scarcella's here. Look, go, 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 go Scarcella's here. Um, and over the years, I mean, he made a lot of arrests and he, and he made a lot of convictions. He put a lot of really bad people in jail. But over the years, his record has come under some tremendous scrutiny. And now he's one of the detectives here. But what you focus on in your letter is that he was not uh, the most, he wasn't the senior detective here, meaning the lead detective. Uh, there was another detective who was the lead detective. And you also mentioned someone else who I considered almost like a brother, uh, Bureau Chief of the, the Investigations Bureau, or I, I'm sure, sorry, the Detective Investigators, Joe Ponzi, who now passed away, but he was also heavily involved in this case. So you're basically t telling D.A. Gonzalez, who was also in the office right around this period of time, shortly thereafter, that the integrity of these detectives should not be leading a judge to throw this case away because someone 32 years later has recounted their testimony. Well, absolutely. I think it's a well-planned uh, uh, execution of a plan uh, by these lawyers. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's fair to the people of the city. I think that uh, Luis Garcella uh, made the arrest. And you've got to remember, when a detective makes an arrest on a homicide, it goes through his, uh, his supervisor, his sergeant, his lieutenant, his captain, uh, the chief of detectives. It goes to a grand jury. It goes to the district attorney. And ultimately, that person is... is uh, Goes to a jury. Goes to a jury and is tried by a jury of his right. peers. So to put all this uh, emphasis on, on one detective who uh, did not even, you know, it wasn't even his case, uh, is not fair. And I, I think it's nothing more than high-level ambulance chasing, to be honest. All right. Well, don't go anywhere, folks. We're going uh, we're, we're we're to talk for a second about some business here at the radio station. But I'm going to come back with Paul DiGiacomo in one second. Now, you heard me, well, not one second, I want to be disingenuous, probably more like two and a half minutes. Um, you heard me talking about uh, being with my family together this weekend, and I was, and um, I did get a lot of compliments on my little bungalow in, um, in, in the Hampton Bays area, uh, which is a place that I've been for many, many years, uh, and, uh, you know, but I wasn't smart enough to use Rhino Shield in the past, so I used to have to get my house painted every, you know, every... Uh, Five years, seven years, eight years, depending on the weather, depending on how hot it was in the summer, how cold it was, how much precipitation we got. Um, and then I, by listening to Joe Piscopo and AM970, The Answer, I learned about Rhino Shield and I became friends with Susan, who came to my house, took pictures of my house, walked around my property, looked at other houses in the neighborhood uh, sat me down days later with a computer, showing me all different pictures of my house and different colors. It was just, I wish I could do that with so many other things in my life. Like, you know, if I went and buy, bought a car or things like that, it's, 
I guess they kind of doing that now in the high-end car companies. You can design everything on a computer and see what it looks like, but it's not the same as seeing it in person. With Susan, she then had people come to my house and slap some paint. I shouldn't say slap, but because you actually spray it. She sprayed different parts of my house with different colors and let me pick. It was all about these gray shades. But because she said it's going to be good for 25 years and here's a warranty for 25 years, I just went with white because I was like, you know what? I'm never going to get bored of white. White is white. You don't get excited about white, but you don't get bored with white and for 25 years if you're gonna be looking at the same thing you know i mean i'm sure a lot of people say that about their spouses but anyway uh, (laughs) susan is offering no payments no interest financing for one year as well as a 20 percent discount for anyone who requests a free quote by june 30th which is just a couple of days away so call today to lock in your 20 percent discount no payments, no interest financing for a year. 877-744-6608. 877-744-6608. Or go to rhinoshieldofnewyork.com. rhinoshieldofnewyork.com. Trust me, folks. I did it myself. You won't go wrong. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Tonight at 7, it's all about travel, and it's all about bringing New York back. Join Valerie Delia and yours truly, Kevin McCullough, as we try to transport you to a land far away. <laughs> Tonight at 7 on Radio Night Live on AM 970, The Answer. New York City's first and only life plan community, River's Edge, will soon be built on a 32-acre campus along the Hudson River, just minutes away from Grand Central and Riverdale. River's Edge, a community for adults ages 62 and up, combines a cosmopolitan lifestyle with the security of knowing that if your health changes, your needs can be met seamlessly right where you live. You have a life plan with easy access to uninterrupted on-site care at no additional cost, no matter how your needs change. River's Edge, your plan for wonderful. Call 844-55-RIVER. That's 844-55-RIVER or visit at riversedge.org. Want more AM 970 The Answer? Take us on the go with our Listen Live feature at am970theanswer.com or download our AM 970 The Answer app today. Just go to the iPhone App Store or Google Play Store and search AM 970 The Answer. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-27. 88. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. It is a Tuesday, and yes, now it has started raining. Oh, and those bands are on uh, on Park Avenue. I think they're inside. I think they're inside lobbies of buildings. No, they're not, Joan. They're outside. Oh, they're under little overhangs, Joan said. Oh, well. So the summer solstice party got a little rained on. I always had a summer solstice party in my backyard because, uh, right here in Bay Ridge, because it was cool. In other words, you could, it was pretty bright out until like nine o'clock at night. But, you know, don't get too upset. It'll be bright tomorrow and this weekend. Uh, it, it doesn't disappear so fast. The shortest day isn't until December the 21st. We are here live and local in Midtown Manhattan, and I'm sitting with the president of the Detective Endowment Association, Paul DiGiacomo. And we're just talking about one of uh, the cases that uh, was was thrown out uh, last week 
by Judge Vincent Del Judas in Brooklyn, having to do with a very long time ago homicide. And the DEA and Paul DiGiacomo wrote a letter to District Attorney Eric Gonzalez, and he asked him to please uh, appeal it, to take this ruling to the appellate division, which typically you, uh, a prosecutor can appeal if they lose a case at trial. But when you lose a case under these circumstances, you can appeal. So um, I don't know, Paul. You think the DA is going to listen to you and uh, have his appeals unit uh, step up? And, and I would love to hear about the 400-page report you just mentioned. Well, I, I hope so. I hope he does. Get a little closer to the mic. I Let hope the world he does appeal uh, this decision. Uh, if not, a, a dangerous felon will be back on the streets to victimize the people of the sea. Uh, detective Louis Garcella was a highly regarded detective, and he did a fabulous job on many of these homicide cases. And to do to him what's being done in the press, I feel, is unfair and disingenuous. Uh, these are cases that are 30 and 40 years old, and to uh, witnesses die, witnesses change their uh, their testimony because they forget. And I think there's some funny business going on with some of these ambulance-chasing attorneys that are involved in these cases. Well, yeah, I mean, yes, there, there's, some, there's some money to be made if these cases actually get dismissed. Mm-hmm. Um, did you mention to me during the break that a bunch of Scarcella's cases have been heavily examined by the Brooklyn DA's office. Uh, there was a 400-page report that showed no wrong, de- no wrongdoing whatsoever by uh, Detective Lewis Scarcella. Well, uh, and that was by the Brooklyn DA. That's correct. Okay. Well, we're here with Paul DiGiacomo, a story detective in his own right. So, Paul, you know you've been omnipresent for a couple of years now because of because of crime. There's a couple of questions I want to ask you, but. The um, uh, one of the polls, I think it's the Siena poll. They just polled New Yorkers, right? Ninety-two percent, which basically means everyone, put crime at the top of their list of concerns. Now we hadn't heard that in a while, mm-hmm. right? Thank God, right? In twenty sixteen, seventeen, even before that. Um, first of all, let's talk about the genesis of it. You know, people are like, oh, de Blasio, de Blasio, de Blasio. But statistically speaking, the city was the safest in its history in 2017 and 2018 when he was the mayor. Um, So, you know, you can't put it all on de Blasio's lap. There's there's de Blasio, then there's the bail reform, and then there's the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. Is it just like a perfect storm where in that movie, A Perfect Storm, it was like two hurricanes and a nor'easter all hit at the same time and, and... well, I think it was a uh, – many of our politicians felt it was popular uh, to go against the police. Uh, and I think the message being sent by our politicians at the time was to go out, to disrespect the police, to commit crimes, and that there would be no consequences. Uh, then they enacted the uh, ill-advised bail reform laws laws that uh, are not working and have really destroyed our our city and our state. And then you have the city council that enacted a diaphragm compression bill in which uh, ties the hands of the police. And the only people that suffer are the people that live in this city and the state. And we're seeing that now. We've seen it for the last couple of years. And uh, I think politicians are starting to wake up and say that they made a mistake, but they're just not man enough to admit they made a mistake. So, uh, or women enough, you know, just blame, enough, blame yes, it on all yes. the men. You know? Adult enough, let's say, <laughs> no, okay. uh, to, uh, to say they made a mistake. So uh, clearly bail, bail reform is not working. Uh, clearly these, uh, these reforms and these laws that are being passed 
by many of our politicians are not working. And I'd just like to say this, that if the, uh, the death of a young child doesn't move the needle uh, for these politicians, I don't know what will. What's going to wake them up when young children in our communities are being shot every day? It doesn't make common sense, Arthur. Was- they need to wake up. They have an obligation uh, to keep this city safe, and they're not doing it. We're that doing poor, our job. Uh, they're not doing this. That poor little 11-year-old girl mm-hmm. who was standing outside the beauty parlor at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, that was so devastatingly uh, upsetting. It, look, for me, worse than the bail reform, because at least that's done legally, okay? What's more upsetting to me, Paul, is the DAs who they're picking and choosing what crimes they're going to prosecute. No, 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 you can jump the Tercel. We're not going to prosecute that. Oh, no, you could you could do these kinds of drugs as long as this one. We're not going to prosecute that. I think that's a crime. In other words, they take an oath when they right they're sworn in on January first. I'm the DA of whatever county, pick one, to uphold the laws and enforce the laws of the city of New York, the state of New York, the United States of America. And then they, they say, no theft of services. You jump the terms. No, I'm not enforcing that law. Yeah. I think that's horrible. And Paul, I ride the subway all the time. Well, it's a, and derel- it's a dereliction of their of their oath and their duties. And uh, you know. This, this shooting that took place in, in Harlem uh, recently, you know, where uh, over 50 shots were fired, uh, that gathering uh, was not sanctioned. It was not, uh, there were no permits Arbets. given for that. And uh, these are things that happen when there's no law and there's no order. And, um, and, it, and the people of the city pay. You know, uh, many people are getting shot by stray bullets and, and being injured. Uh, we had 34 people shot from uh, Monday to Friday, uh, from Friday to Monday. And uh, it's, it's just not, it's not safe. And uh, our politicians need to wake up, smell the coffee, and fix these laws that are not working. And, you know, and you know here's, the, here's the part, Paul, that's just ironic, is that the politicians, if you want to look at them in the, the, the light most favorable to them, they feel like the people of color are being prejudiced against, right? Or they're the ones who are being handled heavy-handedly by the NYPD. But then if you look at who are the victims of the crime, it's the people in those same exact neighborhoods. It's not Bayside and Bay Ridge well, where crime's going through the roof. It's Brownsville and East New York. Well, I, I will say this, that uh, I've been confronted with this question before, and uh, many times uh, people say that they don't want to fill out jails and our prisons with people of color. And I, my answer to that is New York City detectives don't want to fill our morgues with people of color. And by the way, if you just walk around the streets of New York and you look at the NYPD, they're loaded with people of color. It's the most what, diversified it's ever been. When yeah. Paul, when I was sitting at this desk where you're talking to me, looking at the George Floyd protests, when I was sitting here the night of election, I when my whole my Fifth Avenue was boarded up like we were in a third world country. And when I went down, there were tears in my eyes. Every corner, there was at least one police officer, not two. Paul, I don't think I saw one Caucasian. They were Asian-American police officers, African-American police officers, Hispanic-American police officers, and there was a, a ton of women. And I went, I, I think I thanked every one of them. I was like, thank you so much. Because we were afraid. We didn't know what the election results were going to be and was the world going to explode if Trump got reelected. And watching, sitting here watching the George Floyd protesters go nose to nose with an African-American cop calling him a racist, it made no sense to me. Well, history repeats itself. We've seen this, this, uh, this sideshow before. 
I, like I said, 1983, I came on, and I, you know, been through these uh, these type of situations before. With the Korean boycott on Church Your friend, Mr. Sharpton, your friend, Mr. Sharpton, was walking through the streets you know, so of Bensonhurst. It was. Uh, we've seen this before, uh, but we we need to get a handle on it and and uh, focus in the right direction uh, to keep the people of this city safe. Uh, the New York City uh, detectives are out there doing their job. They're, they're solving these homicides and these assaults in record time, and they're doing a magnificent job. And uh, thank God for them. Well, you know what, Paul? I'm going to ask you to stay for two more minutes. We're going to do one more quick commercial, and I just want to wrap it up with you because you deserve a, an appropriate send-off. And maybe I can buy enough time, and then we can go in the other room, the Sinatra room, and have a quick shot before you go. <laughs> All right, folks, we're going to come back with DEA President Paul DiGiacomo, so don't go anywhere. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander, now in stock in all trim levels and all with the flexibility of third-row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732 Hi, Kevin McCullough. If you've never tried it before, I want you to right now try Balance of Nature Fruits and Veggies. I've been on them for more than seven years, and I have not gotten a case of bronchitis the entire time. But here's why I want you to try them. They're not like any other ordinary vitamins. They're not made with synthetics. They are just natural food in a vegetarian capsule with tens of thousands of vital nutrients, and they're made 100% from whole food plants, fruits, and veggies. A daily dose of Balance of Nature capsules has 10 servings of 31 different fruits and vegetables. Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off any new preferred order of fruit and veggies. We all make choices about cutting costs, especially now, but the last thing you want to cut is the things that are helping you the most. Don't cut costs when it comes to your immune system and your health. Start your journey to a stronger immune system today by calling 800-246-8751. That's 800-246-8751 or by going to balanceofnature.com and use discount code the answer. Chances are your home financing questions won't end when this show does. So the next time you have a question about home loans, ask the lending experts at Citizens Bank. They can help you every step of the way during the home buying process, starting with getting a pre-approval before you start shopping for a new home. Call 212-857-6668, 212-857-6668, and ask a citizen. Mortgages are offered and originated by Citizen Bank N.A., NMLS number 433960, Equal Housing Lender. Small businesses have been hit the hardest the last couple of years. The businesses that are thriving are the ones that are forward thinking. Podium helps small businesses get and stay ahead with modern messaging tools that make it easy for customers to connect with your business. We all know how frustrating it has become trying to call a business. Many people would prefer to send a quick message instead. Don't risk missing calls, annoying customers, and losing them. Podium gives businesses the tools to compete with the convenience offered by larger companies and enormous ones like Amazon. Over 100,000 businesses across many industries are texting with customers through Podium. With Podium's all-in-one inbox, you can also collect payments and marketing offers and collect online reviews. Customers love the convenience and businesses love the results. See how Podium can grow your business. Watch a demo today at Podium.com slash Prager, P-O-D-I-U-M Podium.com slash Prager. Podium, let's grow. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. 
segment back with Paul Giacomo. But the reason why we're playing the Killers is it's happy birthday to the lead singer, the guy who's singing, Brandon Flowers. 41 years old. God bless him. Um, so we're lucky enough to have Paul Giacomo, who's been a cop since, uh, you know, I don't know, the Reagan and. <laughs> The Reagan administration, the first Reagan administration, not even the second. And he's seen it all uh, in 40 years. And uh, he's here with us. And, uh, you know, Paul, guns and the city are, are, you know, it's the biggest problem in the whole city right now. Besides education, sanitation, it's guns in the city. Um, Before I ask you my next question, talk to me about what the DEA's position is right now about the gun violence in the city and and what you think, what the next steps are and what the next steps should be from City Hall or 1PP to stem the violence. I've been saying this for quite a few months now, and uh, when it's unsafe uh, for the people of this city, it's unsafe for detectives uh, that are out there on the street every day, and that's my concern. Uh, We saw... uh, numerous shootings of uh, police officers in recent months. We had a detective shot while executing a uh, search warrant. Dominic Libretti did a fabulous job. Uh, But we have to have uh, some, I have a five-step plan that I think should be implemented uh, that would help uh, curb this violence and and, and the gun violence. And uh, one is that they're calling the governor to uh, appoint a special firearms prosecutor. Uh, Back in the late 80s, early 90s, when crack was an epidemic, we appointed a special narcotics prosecutor. Now guns are an epidemic, and we need a special... She's still there, the special... Yes, she is. (laughs) She is. We need a special firearms uh, prosecutor. There must be a mandatory minimum incarceration for persons carrying an illegal uh, firearm. What should that be? Well, that's up up for debate. You know, it's three three months, six months, a year, whatever it may be, but there there needs to be a consequence for carrying a firearm. Uh, Bail reform, judge. Judges need discretion on dangerousness and recidivism. Uh, the discovery laws regarding bail, bail reform are backlogging the, ju- the uh, judicial process and not working. And no pretrial release for repeat offenders uh, that are carrying illegal firearms. If they implement this and the governor listens to a detective and to the detectives that are telling me on the streets what's going on, uh, we know what we're talking about. We know what to do. If she listens, crime will go down. 
There you go. Only here on the Idola Power Hour. You get that kind of <clears throat> boom, 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 boom. Five-step plan by Paul DiGio- by Paul DiGiacomo, the head of the Detective Endowment Association. Paul, I just want to, um, your opinion, and this is not a uh, professional opinion, but no, it is a professional opinion. There's a, uh, a case that's supposed to come down from the United States Supreme Court literally any minute. It could be Thursday. It could be next Monday. Um but if, if they rule one way, it would loosen up all of the gun control laws here in, in the state of New York. It would make it much easier for any citizen to go in. I, I'm, I'm hedging because you don't know how the, the court's going to write the decision. But hypothetically, if they write the decision that anyone can walk into a store, I guess like you can in the state of Nevada, maybe the state of Texas, the state of Florida, which, by the way, I'm just going to add up, very big spread out states. They're not highly concentrated with people on one on top of another on top of another. You know, you got a thousand people live in one building, whereas in Arizona, people are spread all over the place. Also, I think the NYPD probably has the fastest response time of any law enforcement agency on, on the planet, maybe. you how, how, how do you feel as a person if everyone walking around here is, is going to be carrying a sidearm or can carry a sidearm? Basically, everyone is illegally. Well, uh, in 2021, uh, over 4,500 gun arrests were made by the NYPD, and thus far this year, it's over 3,000. So the amount of guns that are out there illegally are, are alarming. Uh, and now we're talking about eight million people. <laughs> well, uh, people are afraid. You know, uh, people are concerned. Uh, shots are being fired all over the uh, the city, and uh, people are concerned. They want to protect themselves. Uh, you know, as long as they're investigated properly and uh, uh, psychologically fit. Um, you know, maybe that's a good idea. We're giving well, out permits now. Okay, well, you just added you added a couple of factors there. You said if people are investigated and they're psychologically fit. Now, I was with someone this weekend, my friend Mike, who's like an avid hunter, and he's got a whole bunch of uh, weapons. Everything's legal. Everything. I mean, he's very, you know, he's very, very cautious. You can't say overly cautious. But he said the same thing you did, which is, like, they, he, had, he added training. He said... You gotta have you have to have training. Right. You have to have a background search. You have to have training, and you have to have some sort of a psych evaluation. Right. But there right. are a lot of people, Paul, who would say, "No, that that's impeding on my rights, and I shouldn't have to. The, the The government shouldn't decide whether I'm mentally stable. The government shouldn't decide whether I should have a gun. I should just have a gun, regardless." I will tell you how I feel. I like the fact that you guys got the guns, and yes, I understand this forty five hundred. Uh, bad people with guns. Or bad Those guys. are the ones we caught. The There's ones you caught. More. Even if you double that, it's 9,000. What my fear is, in midtown Manhattan, two schmucks have an argument over a parking spot, and now they got guns on them. I'm not worried about them killing them each other. I mean, I don't want that to happen. But, you know, you we just spoke about it. Stray bullets and people who are victims who have nothing to do with anything. I, I just don't think in a tight-knit community, physically, the way we live in, I think the cops should have the guns, and we should go with your plan, <laughs> where there's a mandatory minimum prison term. You know, when Bloomberg was mayor, it was two years. It yeah. wasn't it wasn't a law, but it was he made all five DAs say yeah. that's every, what cleaned that's what cleaned up this city. Plexigo Burris had to do two years. The guy just won the Super Bowl. Yeah, right. He was the biggest shot in the city. You walk out of this building tonight, uh, Arthur. You're going to walk past. Uh, was past guns, people carrying guns in the, on this block and in this city. And uh, we have to get a handle on it, and the only way to do it is the way I said, and uh, and stop beating up the police and concentrate on the uh, on the criminals of the society and not the victims and the police, and that, that's what we need to do. Are you feeling you're getting the cooperation you guys need from 1PP and from City Hall? 
Well, you know, uh, until these uh, bail reform laws uh, get reversed and overturned and uh, the diaphragm compression bill uh, by the city council, um, you know, I, I don't know if they, their hands are tied as well. Well, I, I think Adams keeps striking out. He's trying. He's trying, I think, on both fronts. He Absolutely. just can't get it through. So, all right, anything else you want to say to the millions of listeners here, Mr. Giacomo? Only that I'm very honored to represent uh, the over 5,300 active detectives, and uh, I'm very privileged and honored to represent them. Is there any issue with shortage of personnel? Oh, yeah, well, uh, let me say this. That's a good point you brought up, Arthur. In in 2001, we had 7,300 detectives. Uh, Right now, we're about 5,200 detectives. Wow. Uh, And we're doing a lot more investigations now than we did back then. We're doing, uh, there's more steps to doing an investigation, and uh, we have detectives not only here in New York City, but we have detectives all over the world doing counterterrorism duties, keeping this country safe. Well, I think that is, that's fantastic. And what is your relationship like with the federal uh, law enforcement agencies? Well, uh, me personally, I get along with uh, anyone, well, you were, you were anyone cross- in law enforcement. <laughs> well, you were cross-designated, right? For well, a while, I, at a time I was. I worked in a, a firearms task force, and I worked in a uh, FBI task force. And are the firearms task force helping us now with this crisis? Well, you know, no, because uh, they, haven't, they haven't increased their manpower uh, since the 1970s. And there needs to be a uh, concerted effort to, to put many task forces in every borough uh, in New York City with the ATF and NYPD detectives, state police, FBI, uh, to really combat this, uh, this disease that we're going through right now. Wow. All right. Well, I, <laughs> one of your best guests ever. How's that for a, a comment from one of our listeners? How about that, Mr. Paul DiGiacomo? All right, folks, it has been an honor to have Paul uh, come up to our offices here at ABK on 5th and 45th. Of course, he scared the hell out of me. <laughs> Every time I leave here 11, 12 o'clock on a regular basis, I'm going to be like, oh, that, was that guy the guy? With, Paul said, someone's going to have a gun on this block. Is it him? Is it her? Is it her? Is it my him? words. You're walking past a lot of guns. I, I believe you. I just, I, I also have a lot of police presence on this block, thanks to you guys. So I appreciate it. All right, folks. Alex, thank you for stepping in for San Bellino. Uh, Sam Bellino, I will be in studio with you tomorrow. I think we're going to have Lauren Conlon on doing a little light, more lighter-hearted uh, conversation than with the head of the DEA. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing you again, Matt. Alex, thanks for always maintaining the controls. Have a great evening, everyone. Happy summer solstice. See you tomorrow. The preceding program sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.